Okay, let's go. Hi, this is Michael Waits, and welcome back to the Asia Tech Podcast. I'm recording in the studio at one of my favorite places in Bangkok, and that's True Digital Park. Today, I'm joined by Greg Tan and Adrian Tan, two gentlemen that are not related to each other, even though everybody asks them if they are related, you can, for the obvious reasons. They are the co-founders of SG Assist. Greg and Adrian, how are you two doing today? We're good. <laughs> hey, man. Good morning, Michael. Well, good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm really glad to have you on here. It was a little bit of a circuitous route to get you here. Mostly my fault, but I'm, I'm glad to have you here. Can you guys give me a little bit of your background for context, just so I can understand? Right. So um, a, a little bit about myself. Um, I used to work in the oil and gas industry. This is Greg, right? Yeah, this is Greg here. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I used to work in the oil and gas industry for like about um, 12 years. Okay. Um, working offshore on the rigs, flying around the world, and you know, literally having very little time for my own family itself. Right. Yeah, that's what I, I always envision and want to do to you know, come back and uh, spend more time with family as well as uh, contribute to the community itself. Cool. And Adrian, how about you? What's your background? Right. I used to be in, uh, as a supply chain specialist, so I do logistics for a living. What I do is that actually I, I do transportations, international shippings uh, all over the world, including livestock. Oh, wow. That's kind of cool. Let's just jump right into what, is, what actually is SG Assist and what inspired the two of you to get together and, and build this thing? We or Both of us met during our in, in camps, which is, uh, I mean, what we call as reservists. Yeah, reservists. So, oh, I mean, Singaporeans have to serve the army for two years and then oh, right. subsequently 10 years, right? So we met each other there and we were talking about our life. And um, that's where I actually shared about some of my family issues. Uh, having my mom, who is uh, actually not in the best shape of her life, um, <laughs> with a lot of medical conditions that she's suffering from including depressions and, you know, cancer and so on. Sorry to hear So, that. yeah, thanks. <laughs> Sorry. What happened is that it actually caused a lot of uh, um, up and downs for, for my family. And uh, most of the time I had to rush home just to check on her to make sure that <coughs> she's okay. If not, there are times where I got home and she's in quite a bad shape and I have to call the ambulance. So we thought that, you know, I was sharing with Brad saying that, um, there isn't really a real way for me to get someone close by just to check in with my mom before uh, before I get home, before it even got worse. So that's where we actually developed this idea further because of the same experience that we face on our own. Can I back up for a second? So you, And people tend to do this, right? But this is something that's actually quite important to me. You said that your mother had cancer, which I think is something that everybody understands relatively well to the extent that they can but you also said your mother was suffering from depression which is i think a thing that most people don't understand at all can you just give right. a little bit more insight into this and i'll tell you why because i think people confuse like being depressed with being bummed out you know like just right. being sad but i don't think it's i don't think it's that at all and i'm just no. curious if, you, you know what i mean right? I, i'm just curious if you could give just based on your personal experience sure what it actually means to be depressed It all started out like just like she's feeling down most of the time. Yeah. Then it actually got worse after she been uh, she has been diagnosed for cancer on the second time. The second time, yes. Yeah. So that 
actually went downhill quite badly. What happened is that she starts to develop the emotions that she's constantly blaming herself that she's not strong enough to be there for our family. She stopped meeting all her friends. Basically, all her social circle has been destroyed just in a matter of weeks. She refused to meet her all her best friends. She refused to meet any of her siblings, which is my uncle and aunties. Right. And to the extent whereby she would actually had some form of anxiety and right. impression that my dad had an affair out there because, oh, no. she, I mean, she, her cancer was breast cancer, she, so she has to remove both her breasts because of the cancer. Yeah. So she she isn't really comfortable with her own mental, physical condition whereby she constantly right. generates bad thoughts and negative thoughts about her life and then... The only good thing that, I mean, the only positive thing out of this whole ordeal is that she didn't have the intention to commit suicide to end her life. Other than that, it basically changed her whole lifestyle. She changed how the whole family was um, used to be bonded together. Right. And um, she no longer have normal life like other people because um, the depression got her quite badly. Yeah. Yeah, I want to make the I want to make the case that it's again it's more than just being sad. It's like debilitating, which means that it stops you from doing all the things that you would normally do, that are part of your normal course of daily life. Like you said, like meeting your uncles and aunties, meeting your family, meeting your best friends. It's not that necessarily you don't want to do it. It's just that you simply can't do it. You can't. It's just yeah. right. It's a really hard thing. Anyway, so that's obviously it's a different story than we usually get to tell here. I think it's an important story to get out, right? That these things happen all the time, more than most people know. And that that's the inspiration for what you're doing at SG Assist. This is not like a normal startup, right? No, Uh, it's all all designed for people who face the same situation as I do. Right. Right. So what's... What are what like what is what's the best way to explain how this helps the communities in which you guys operate? And then maybe you can give me a little bit more about how big the company is, how you recruit people to work with you, how you convince them to do it, and what these people actually do. Yeah, right. So what we do is actually we 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 have built a mobile app, and this mobile app is like a Uber or Grab. Uh, basically, you'll be able to pinpoint the locations of your loved ones, and immediately from their location, we will be able to find someone that we have trained to get there within 15 minutes time, within 300 meter proximity, to get there as soon as possible on behalf of you. So once the person gets there, through our mobile app, you'll be able to leave a voice call, a messaging, or even through a video call to let the family member knows that how their family member is doing or if there's a need to escalate to emergency services if required. So. The base of this logic is that we want to help the caregivers such as Greg and myself will be able to know that we we still have someone there who is with our family member while we make ourselves get ourselves way home. If there's anything that may get into an emergency situation where uh, our family member's life may be at risk, at least we know that the emergency services will be there as soon as possible because there's already someone there. So how what we do is that we actually goes down to the neighborhood, working with different government agencies and uh, volunteer groups to actually recruit our residents. I mean, basically, res- Singaporeans to join us as what we call as a kampong hero. 
right. whereby they will attend a free workshop that is conducted by our training partner. <coughs> they will be taught on basic skill sets of first aiding, about observing signs and symptoms of medical illnesses, such as how do you observe if someone may be facing strokes or heart attack or even something worse. So based on this, when they visit the people, they will be able to identify all these symptoms way before it happens so that they can get the medical services to help them before it gets worse. So that's how we actually bring around this idea. And what type of people generally become these Kampong heroes? I want to talk a little bit more about what that is in a second, but what type of people actually come and do this? Is it older people, younger people, or is it just a mix of different types? Right. So, I mean, after all, we are still a, a, a mobile app services. We are like platform that connects people together. So right now, most of our supporters that join us as Kampong Hero ranges from the youth, which is about 18 to 30. And then um, we also have the working population who is very supportive of this because all their parents are like, uh, just like ours, they understand that the uh, the seniors at home need such a service. So we do have a work, working population who is ranging from 30 to 45 who support us and join us in this Kampong Heroes training, etc. We do have some senior volunteers who join us who is 65 and above, but it's uh, slightly harder for them to take up this because we even have to teach them how to use their smartphone. Right. right, which is interesting when you think about it, right? Right. And so what have been some of the biggest challenges that the two of you have had in actually building this business? And how long have you been at it? When did you found? When did you start? So I think we, we had this conversation when we were uh, doing our reservist, like sitting in the canteen. This is like way back in May last year, right? Okay. And then we, we thought that, hey, we should really do this. But then we took months to really go on the ground, talking to people, trying to validate and make sure that we really know that this is a real need. Right, and then we you. finally incorporated in December last year. You did? Yeah. So um, after the incorporation, I think uh, one of the many challenges that we face is that to do something like this, it takes a lot of trust on the platform between people so that they can help each other. And so for us, we've been trying to work with uh, various government agencies as well as um, social organizations on the ground right? to get this together so that there is, there is a trust um, between people and then also the skill sets and the knowledge that the people um, have when they're reached at the doorstep and ready to help each other. Right, right, right. So what have you done to go out and build that trust? In other words, how does it, what does it really take to get somebody to be a Kampong hero? Right. So basically, during the I mean, after the workshop that they have attended, mm-hmm. we will conduct a basic screening exercise to make sure that these people are, you know, people who really wish to help their community, as a first form of screening. And thereafter, we actually created a different progressions of a kampong hero, whereby they can start to I mean, they can start from something that is easy, as easy as just going to the doorstep without entering the home of people to provide advice, be the extra eyes and ears to their family member at the doorstep so that there's no... The family member doesn't have to worry about, hey, you're having physical contact with my family member, you're entering into my home without my permission, that kind of thing. So we want to establish trust by making the service as simple as just at the doorstep at the moment. And once we establish the trust that 
you know what, you can trust Kampong Heroes because they are all being screened, they are all proven to be good people who wants to help the community. In future, that's where we want to get to the next stage of our development, whereby we encourage these people who want their family member to get help to open their doors and allow our Kampong Heroes to enter into their home to render care to their family members. How big is the community? You've been at this almost a year now. Was it 10 months? Yeah, or almost 11 months. So how big is the community? What is the use on the platform like? So um, we've been working on the app development for pretty a uh, few months at the start, early start of the incorporation. Right. And we, we really only started, um, you know, kind of going to events or really um, recruiting people probably like two months back. And then, uh, yeah, we... It's not bad, I guess. Uh, right now, we have about um, 200 uh, what we call Kampong Heroes. You have 200 people? Yeah, 200 uh, people who sign up to be Kampong Heroes. Uh, that means they're from the community, people who are able to make their time available to go and help people around, right? And so, but they are all scattered all over the island. And we're, trying, we're looking into having a mass of them in, uh, in areas where there are more elderly and more frail people, people who need more help, so that, right. the, you know, when the ratio is, is right, when people call for help, there'll definitely be somebody who picked up um, the request like this. Yeah. Um, basically, 200 uh, for two months is actually, um, I would say, is uh, we have hit our own personal target for, for now, but on, on a high side, we're actually looking forward in a more ambitious uh, number, which is, Every single residential blocks in Singapore, we want right. to have at least one to three Kampong Heroes from each block, which means that we are looking at about 10% or even up to 20% of Singaporeans to join us as Kampong Heroes within the next one to two years. So that's anywhere between a half a million to a million people. Right. That's yeah. right. So we're even targeting that in future, maybe five years down the road, we want... At least we, we want to be we want to be just like Japan, you know how they have like fifty percent of their their population volunteering helping each other. Yeah, that's just a goal we have, right? That's that's a pretty ambitious goal. But I mean, just getting two hundred yeah. people on the platform in the first couple of months is also seems quite successful to me. And is, are people actually using the app? In other words, have you had situations where some person who's needed help has reached out to one of the Kampong heroes? The heroes have actually gone there and helped somebody and waited with them, even if just on the front doorstep while a family member came later. Have, has this actually happened already? Actually, right now, because the recruitment has only been done for the past two months, so uh, we have only starting to conduct trials in specific estates in Singapore. Got it. The app is available for use for our tester, but not exactly released to the public yet. Okay. But we do have positive news about the workshop that we have conducted to out to the public is that there's one specific case whereby someone who have attended our workshop and learned about the first aid awareness skills mm -hmm. and she managed to she it happens that she happened to get into medical conditions herself just a few weeks ago and she remembered what we taught her and she actually got herself help uh, I mean earlier than I mean, she managed to get help for herself early to prevent it from getting worse. So in the end, um, she, on, uh, she only got some minor medical uh, situations that she had to deal with, yeah. and she recovered from it. So who does your training? You mentioned you have a training partner, right? Obviously, the two of you are not medical professionals, right? So <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> who, does, 
who does the training for you? Okay, so uh, we actually pair up with uh, one of our training partners. Their name, their name, um, first responder LLP. So what happened here is that um, they are a bunch of passionate people and people who set off on their own personal mission as well because they really want to see more people knowing how to do CPRs and AED and stuff. Mm-hmm. One of them, which is the chief instructor, is actually um, is past uh, paramedic. And he himself has helped many people along the streets saving lives. And, you know, he, he really thinks that knowledge like this should be put in a very interactive manner. And that's why, as Adrian has shared earlier, the classes that he's been, right, uh, that, he's, that he has run, uh, ran, sorry, um, the reviews were really good because how he do those interactive content is how people remember all this deeply. Yeah, I think it's fascinating, actually, that one of the women that attended or one of the people that attended one of your seminars or teaching courses realized that they themselves were having a medical problem based on the education that you gave them. That's kind of cool, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I mean, well, most of the time people feel um, too anxious or too excited when they face situations like this. Yeah. And it's all about keeping calm and, you know, remember how, what are the things that you have learned. And well, the most important thing is remembering it at that moment is where it's critical and it's really how you bring that into them as a memory inside them. What What's the plan going forward? In other words, are you going to try to turn... Because the kampong here, are they volunteers? You're not paying them, right? In a way, no, we're not paying them. But uh, what we want to like, what we want to put it into context is that we are not exactly paying them, but we're giving them a form of recognition. So basically, as a user, uh, we do encourage them to actually top up, for example, credits into our system. If I'm a user today trying to engage help, I will be giving this person, this Kampong Hero, with a credit to thank him for his effort. So when this Kampong Hero receives this credit, they can only do a few things. One is that he will be able to pay it forward. Basically, he helped you, but you gave him a reward. Not reward, a token of appreciation. And this credit will be paid forward to another charity organization's that you can do even more good because of that. And alternatively, this person could actually accumulate this credit and attend training courses that will be beneficial to his family or himself. Basically, training such as um, uh, first aid, or meditations, yoga, or even general courses whereby it's good for them. So we want to help our community to be able to give recognitions to the Kampong Heroes and together, the Kampong Heroes will be able to uplift their own skills. And in return, they serve back to the users and their family members again. And if they don't intend to attend the causes, it will still be used on donations, will be, which will be helping someone from another world that require all this assistance. And what's the mechanism you use for giving out these tokens of appreciation? Is there some kind of money involved? Is there some kind of gift card? Like, how does that work? Right. So basically, when you download our mobile app, you'll be able to access into our credit system. So for example, if you were to top up $10 credit, you'll be able to exchange 1,000 credits points, whereby these 1,000 credit points will be used to recognize or to give the, the token of appreciation for the Kampong Heroes. Interesting. And so are you planning to do this as a for-profit thing? Is it a non-for-profit thing? How is this meant to work? Um, so actually for us, we are a social enterprise. So we are not a non-profit or neither are we a VWO or SSO kind of thing, right? We are actually a social enterprise. Right. We still have to find a way to be sustainable. Right. And that's, that's, what, that's, where, what, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. So um, for 
for us to stay sustainable is the is the longer term solution to you know taking grants and funds and stuff from governments and stuff. That's really interesting. So when do you think you're going to release the app to the general public? We're looking to um, address to sorry to release the app to the government. Uh, sorry to the public in uh, January. Okay. So that's not that far away. And how many people do you have working on building that app for you? Uh, right now, we have three people working on that for us. Okay. And you guys both left your jobs to do this, yeah? Yep, that's right. We're right now full-time on this. So how are you paying yourselves? Like, how do you eat? <laughs> right right now, uh, we're still on a bootstrap mode. Uh, most of the money comes from ourselves, our own pocket, and as well as how do we still stay alive right now is we're yeah. on our own savings. But looking at when we will launch the app is where we will believe that we will start to see revenue as well. That revenue comes in with people topping up, you're saying, right? Yeah, people topping up. And then also what we have here is... So actually what we have here as a business model to stay sustainable mm-hmm. is that we actually work more on the back end doing a B2B model rather than doing a B2C taking from the front. Right. So for example, like when we do um, training with our training partners here, what we do is then... Whichever training that um, the Kampong heroes would like to go for and stuff like that, what we do with our training partner is that we then split a small portion from their profit, and that's why it keeps us sustainable. Have you considered funding this or going to the government for grants and stuff like that? I know you mentioned that a little bit before. Yeah, definitely. We would definitely like to, you know, get for get yeah, with the government for for grants, but well, there's not a lot left. But uh, we will also look to look into uh, impact funders and stuff like that. Basically, the grants is to just to help us to stabilize the operations and right. to finalize the, uh, the the app as a product. So when the app is uh, based on, with the grants, it will help, very be helpful to how we can actually design the app better to develop it to the stage whereby it will be beneficial for the community and yet helping us to serve more people from there. So thereafter, the grant, our sustainable model is, like what Greg mentions, is about B2B kind of uh, engagement. We want to avoid earning from the community because that's where our focus at. We wanted to help the community. Yeah, I got so, it. Yeah, so our, fo- our model is really from the B2B. Okay. Well, guys, look, this is really interesting. You know, Let me know if there are other ways that I can help you out, but I just want to thank both of you for coming and having this conversation. The more people we can get to know about this, I think the better off all of us will be and definitely the better off society will be for sure. Yeah, sure, man. Thanks for having us this morning too. I mean, uh, we, we really hope this thing can take off and help more people because, you know, we know that many people out there who are just like us who are in situations where they are just unsung and nobody talks about it. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I wanted to get you guys on so people, more people could find out about this and find out about the great work that you're doing. <laughs> Thank you, man. Thank, Thank you. you for that. Okay, thank you.